everyone, welcome to Thursday's True and Trivial Talk with Matt and McGinty. Man, we are so glad you're here. I hope you had a good spring break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Hey, let's tell you what we're doing today. We're going to jump right into this. So we got several things today, Daniel. It's it's a great episode. We got like an Easter theme, right? Yes, it's an Easter theme. Um, yep, so we're going to be doing uh, some different things today. We're going to let you do a little, Daniel's got a little rant that he's going to do a little first world problems rant because that's what he does. Uh, <laughs> you know me, I love my angry eyes. <laughs> we're also going to do a little Easter survey quiz and we are going to dig into the apologetics of the resurrection. Ooh. So we're not apologizing for the resurrection, but no. we're getting into the study of why it's true. So, Absolutely. All right. So, okay, here we go. Before we jump into Easter, Daniel, what's what's on your mind, bud? What, what, what's the chip on your shoulder? The chip on my shoulder. I don't want to get into my first world problems right yet, but yeah, do you guys have some Easter traditions you guys do? Um. Well, yeah. Yeah, we, we got Easter traditions with hunt eggs and Die eggs. I'll do those confetti eggs that just drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah, we did. The first uh, year, last year was the first year we did the confetti eggs. But, but yeah, we no, do. Uh, thank you. Well, we do uh, little resurrection rolls for mm. breakfast every every year, and um, the resurrection eggs. And hmm. so yeah, we we try to do it upright. You know, I think we did this one year, but do you know that pinatas are actually an Easter tradition? I did not know that. Yeah, they, they, the idea is that the pinata is Christ's body. And it's beaten for us, and from his death and resurrection comes gifts. I did not know this. Candy, gifts. It's pretty cool, huh? You're going wa- to walk away from this episode just a little bit smarter. Than- a resurrection pinata. Go for it. <laughs> Very cool. All right, man, what about you? Uh, man, we, we do some Easter egg hunts. We used to get together before pre-COVID at um, Brooks and Uncle's house. We had a big family get-together. We haven't done one in a while, but that, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, we try to do some colorful things. You know, Color. matching outfits. That's always fun. <laughs> Getting the matching outfits for the kiddos. Yeah, gotta take the picture. Easter pictures. Yes. I'm, I'm sure we'll Get see. Get all of our kids sitting sure still we'll see for it on a picture. Facebook. I'm sure and, we'll see it on Facebook. Yeah, you know me. Uh, well, know. actually, I try to put my kids' faces on Facebook too much. I try to be careful about that. Anyway. So in line of all, and the blue bonnets are finally out. Did you see the blue bonnets? I did. And it's not really an Easter thing, but it's flowers. Yeah. Finally saw some. They're a little yeah. bit late this year. All right, Chip, give all us right. a chip on your shoulder. Here's the deal, okay? Easter is a fun, colorful time. And so my, I want to get just a little bit of, you know, grumpy old man out. Uh, so to help balance out the hopefulness of what's going on here. But I was saw, my kids love arts and crafts. So my first world problem rant is melty beads. All right, melty parents. Beads. You might know what I, Matt didn't know what I was talking about, but parents who have kids who do like arts and crafts, you know what I'm talking about. Melty beads are those little tiny little plastic is that the, beads. Is that what it's called? Melty beads? They call melty beads. Yeah. Oh, you okay. buy like a gallon of them for like a couple bucks, right? Because like so, back in the day, it's called something else, like the make it and bake it. Make thing, it and bake it. No, I can't remember what it's <laughs> Shake called. Shake it and bake it. You made like little little sun catchers that put in the window. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The beads and you melt it. Yeah. Exactly. So okay, you I'm buy sorry. a whole Here, bunch of these things. This is your thing. Go. It's okay. It's go. all right. You can join in the rant, my friend. Join. Just go. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> so my deal is these melty beads. They get everywhere, mm-hmm. you're right. And it, you you get these little grids. You make patterns and characters out of these melty beads, and you iron them into something really cool and fun. The kids have fun with it, you know. But they get everywhere, man. They're just 
my feet are like magnets for these melty beads. It's almost worse than Legos because a Lego, for the most part, you can see, but a melty bead, you cannot. They're like stealthy, my friend. They just <laughs> kind of creep all over the house before you know it, and you're stepping on there in your toes. Yeah. You know, but I'm a little bit torn because I know it keeps my kids occupied. Yeah. You know, but my other rant is they're all they'll, my kids will make this amazing design, uh -huh. and then another sibling or even their father will accidentally just barely nudge it with just a micron of force and the whole thing is just gone. You know, it's, it's like you, you, once they make it, you must, you must get out the iron and you must finalize this. Otherwise this creation is just toast. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's my angry first world problems rant on melty beads. Did you feel better? I feel great. It feels man. good to get it out. Right? I was I was stepping on them last night, so I feel like I gotta get this out. So anyway, <laughs> well, let's jump into this. Let's 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 do the Easter thing, and let's do an Easter survey. So, Ooh. last couple of podcasts, you have uh, you have turned the tables on me, and you've been the questioner. Now I've turned the tables back, My and I am going to question you. So I'm gonna give you some questions, and um, a hundred people surveyed uh, on questions about Easter. And so what you gotta do is you're gonna try and figure out. What might be on that list, and what might be the top one on the list? And I'm I'm going to help you a little bit, but okay. Um, you know me, I'm not above getting a few hints or two. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's jump into this. First of all, name something people do to celebrate Easter. All right, we're looking for five things. Five things people do to celebrate Easter. Yep. Easter egg hunts. Easter egg hunt. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I'm guessing pinata's not on there. It's not on. There. <laughs> um, celebrate with a meal. Yep, family okay. dinner. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, colorful decorations. Yep. Okay. Color Let's... decorated eggs. Yeah. We'll... Matching outfits. That's not on there. What? No. Come sorry. on. That's not on there. Matching outfits. Like we say matching, like color coordinated maybe, or do they have to like be matching? Uh, I don't know. Color coordinated. No, no, no. How do the McGinty's do it? It's mostly matching, but uh, color <laughs> we've kind of delved more into color coordination. All right. Oh. But yeah. Matchy, matchy. Thank you, Jim okay. Marie. All right. All right. So you got three of them. All right. I, I give up. I'm, I'm being lazy today. Go was, to church was the first one. Well, I feel like that's a given. Well, you got Eastermas, Eastermas, no, yeah. Dude, there, there's a lot of people that celebrate Easter that don't necessarily do the church thing. They, that's true. They, yeah. So go to I was church. I think from a secular perspective. So. Right. Go to church. Easter egg hunt. That's the second one. Family dinner. Uh, color decorate eggs. And then eat chocolate. Oh, come on. How did I forget that one? It's I all about the know. candy. Eat know. chocolate. Of course. All right. This one's a little bit easier. All right. Bring it. Name an animal that's associated with Easter. There's three choices. Oh, man. Based on a survey of 100 people. An animal yeah. associated with Easter. Yeah. And we get the Easter egg bunny. Of course. Okay. The okay. bunny. 84, 84 people said that. It's okay. okay. So that's the big one. That's the big one. There's other animals associated with Easter? Yeah. I, maybe birds, baby birds, baby chicks, baby chicks. That's okay. the last one on the list. There's one more, <sighs> one more animal. My word, I could just go, it's a platypus. <laughs> Goats? Why a goat? Not a goat. A lamb. lamb. Oh, because of Easter. Yeah. Lamb. Okay, yeah. I can say baby lamb. Okay, all right. That was a heavy hint. <laughs> I will say your lamb sounds a lot more like goat. Okay, I'm just well. saying. All right, <laughs> here we go. Number three, something you can do with eggs at Easter. Something you can do with eggs at Easter. There's four choices. Hmm. And uh, egging uh, someone's house, I assume, is not on no, the list. No, it's not on the list. No, that's a, not an Easter thing to do. Uh -uh. Okay. So, um, uh, egg hunt. Egg hunt. Confetti eggs. Yeah. No confetti eggs. No confetti eggs? No. Boo boo. Man. Hide them is actually the, the one there. But yeah. So, egg hunt and hide them are two different things? No. 
Oh, yeah, they are actually. What? So hide and hunt. Hide and hunt are two things. I feel like yes. those kind of go in conjunction. You well, don't you just hide eggs and say, uh, well, we're all done now. <laughs> okay, well, you <laughs> got two of them. So what are the other two things you do with eggs? With eggs, uh, you scramble them. You color them. You color, yes. color them. You dye them. You decorate them. them. Yeah, you got to dye the eggs. Okay, and then? Hmm, one more thing to do with eggs. Uh, and confetti eggs was not on that list. Mm, no, if you have a colored egg, what do you typically do with it? You smash it. You eat it? You eat it. Okay. Like a real I said egg. scrambled the eggs. And it assumes <laughs> eating. Come on. That's cooking, Daniel. That's cooking. <sighs> cooking. All right. Let's do the next one. Something. <laughs> name something that you might find in an Easter basket. Okay. Five <sighs> Five things. Five things. Yeah. Um, an Easter book. No. I mean, that's just something we do. That's one yeah. of our traditions. We get like an Easter theme book. Yeah. Uh, candy. Let's go with the obvious. Candy. Okay. Maybe a little toy. Well, like, okay. So candy, there's like... So three of these would fall into that, all right? So oh, different kinds of candy. Different kinds of candy. All right, chocolate. Chocolate, number one. Um, a, like gummies of some kind or Skittles? J- jelly Colorful. beans. Jelly beans. Jelly beans, yeah. Uh, okay. That's a gimme. And so another kind of candy. Come on, dude. Come on. The What is the main staple of Halloween? Cat. I can't stand them, but peeps. Peeps? Oh, of course. The marshmallow. Why? why you, yeah. That's not even a hint. You just told me the answer. <laughs> peeps. Well, you wouldn't have gotten it. Now, there's a um, debate about what kind of peeps. Do you like your peeps fresh or do you like them stale? Apparently, there's two camps of people. People who like peeps fresh and people who like them like two weeks past their expiration date. Yeah, I don't know. But I went I went into uh, Five Below the other day and they had all kinds of peeps. Yeah. Like, I was shocked. I like, feel like peeps are for looking at, and... not for eating. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, they're. If it's a marshmallow and I can't roast it over a fire, it's dead to me. Okay? That's just how I feel about it. All right. So uh, two other things. These are not edible. What not would you edible. find in an Easter basket? Maybe decorations, you know, paper. Does that shredded, count? Shredded, shredded paper. paper. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so shredded mm. tissue paper. And then the last one would be? Uh, we've said all the candy things. Yeah. I said toys. Well, what do you put the candy in? Okay, like a gift bag. No, no. What do you put it? Wrapping? You... Decorations? Bows? Lord help me. <laughs> plastic eggs. Oh, because the actual. Plastic eggs. Okay, I was assuming yeah. the candy was already in a plastic egg. I don't know how to delineate between these two things. Uh, yeah, plastic like eggs. Is... All right. All right. Okay. Give me another one. All right. Name something people <laughs> buy at Easter. Name some... There's four things that, based on the survey of 100 people, name something people buy at Easter. And uh, you've actually alluded to uh, one of them several times. Things so. people buy. Well, they have to buy candy. Yeah. All right. 77% uh, said chocolate or candy. New outfits. Okay. <laughs> That's the one I was referring to. Okay, new you outfits. Have you and your new outfits. Okay. Now, do I need to break down the candy? They buy chocolates. They buy gummy. No, no, no. The other two, again, are they're not eat- edible. So Okay, so the other so there's two more. Two more things that people buy at Easter. And um, I just gave you a hard time for just one. Just general of them. gifts. I just gave Books? you a hard time. I just gave you a hard time for one of them. You gave me a hard time for – which one? You gave me plastic, a hard time for like all of them. Plastic eggs. Plastic eggs. Yeah, plastic eggs. Plastic Okay, there's eggs. one more. One more. Oh, man. What do you put it all in? You put it in a basket. In a basket. That's you got to right. buy a basket. Thank you. All right, one more question. Heads. One more question. I was, there's no mention of cards, like an Easter card or like Happy mm, Easter. No. No, it's all about the stuff. Ah. No. Yet materialism has conquered yet another <laughs> Christian tradition. All right, here we go. That's another rant for another day. Yes, it is. <laughs> Maybe at Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So name a food traditionally served at Easter. Name a food and don't, nothing nothing to do with eggs. Oh man, traditional food at think, Easter. Think about the meal. The meal. Yes. Man, I don't know what people's traditions are. I mean, I would go like 
a roast turkey or chicken or roast beef or turkey? something. Turkey? Turkey is choice number two. Choice number two. the first choice? Man, for us, it's always barbecue. But Really? Yeah, you know, get some Rudy's barbecue, some barbecue for okay. Easter. Um, we do ham. Ham. And that's the number one I choice. I feel like for every like festival or holiday, it's like, it's turkey or ham? Turkey take your or pick. ham. Okay, so you I got- I will take neither. Give me pizza. <laughs> you got turkey. You got ham. <laughs> now, there's two more choices, and one of them is another meat item, which mm. I've never I've never had this at Easter, so I was kind of surprised myself. Well, I was going to go weird and just go say fish. No. No? It's no. not fish? No. Yeah, all right. I give up, man. Uh, 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 lamb, really? Lamb, lamb chops? Yeah. Based uh, on the survey- 11 lamb. people said lamb. And then the last one is a, like a side item that you do. Crazy with. people. Lamb. Yeah, right? for... yeah, I know. Like, I mean, I guess I see the significance there. It's like you we're going to use Passover. the lamb. We're going to use the lamb as our little symbol for Easter, which we just <laughs> talked about. But then we're going to eat it. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> All right. So the last one is a side item that, that okay. goes with. Uh, any potatoes. Yeah. No potatoes in this meal? Potatoes are not in this survey. I don't want this meal. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Hot cross buns. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of yeah. more of a European tradition, uh, I think. I don't know. These are American people that were interviewed. American so. people. Okay, here's a bonus question. Okay. Yeah. This is just your opinion. Name the part of a chocolate bunny that you would eat first. Always the head. Always the head. You go for the head. Well, the, the ears. ears. Yeah, ears first because it's, like, it's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's just right there. Yeah, that's done. right. Uh, me too. Me too. Well, that's it, man. That's you did pretty good. Uh, yeah, I got some help. I appreciate that. We'll be looking. Yeah, we'll be looking for you in your matching outfits at Easter, and uh, yeah, as you go to Rudy's to get your barbecue for Easter lunch. Never go to and Rudy's then, on Father's Day. Let me just say, <laughs> don't hate up. It's like what every dude craves on Father's Day. Like, man, I want me some meat. I want some barbecue. <laughs> and every dude's thinking the same thing. Don't do it. I remember going to Salt Lake one year, and it was like a three-hour wait. Oh, like, man. We will take love, this to go. Love Salt Lake. Oh, so good. Y'all going to do the pinata this year, huh? I think we might. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. we might. Well, we're going to come back in just a few seconds, and we will be going into some resurrection apologetics where we look at good stuff. why we have good evidence and reasons for believing that the resurrection actually happened. So stick around. We'll see you in a few seconds. All right, we are back, and now we are going to dive into the resurrection. Because I've heard that uh, that's kind of what Easter is about. Yeah. I hear that's kind of the central focus of Easter. That's just kind of some things I've I've read here and there. Yeah. Am I on target there, Matt? You're on target target there. It's everything, (laughs) right? Easter is everything about the resurrection. Absolutely. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. There is no church, nope. right? It is the linchpin of our faith. If the resurrection is not true, what do we got? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. We have Jesus' death, yeah. but if he doesn't rise from the dead, that means, uh, yeah, he was just a dude. <laughs> he was just a dude. Yeah. And that's not good enough. Nope. It is not good enough. So we thought it would be really important today to dive into why you can have confidence in believing that the resurrection, which seems totally crazy mm-hmm. and miraculous, is the most logical, insane thing to put your trust in as opposed to other countervailing theories. And so we want to dive into apologetics, and apologetics means to provide proofs or evidence for your faith. Faith is not blind. Faith, by definition, means you've weighed the evidence and you've made a conscious decision to put your trust in it. Uh, And so that's kind of where we're approaching this from. Um, Matt. Daniel. do Do you think... 
it's fair to say that the resurrection is the most documented, important, and talked about event in human history. Oh, absolutely. I um, I would say that uh, because of that, because of all the documentation, because of all of the, um, I mean, we're not just talking biblical references, but we're talking uh, extra biblical, like um, historians back in the day that attested to the fact that Jesus was uh, truly, uh, uh, he was alive. Um, I mean, before and, and after, I mean, some people question, did Jesus really live? Yes, Jesus really was uh, a part of history. And There's extra biblical sources that support that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the fact that uh, the, the early church, I mean, just, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but just the transformation that happened as a result of that is just, I mean, you, you can't, you can't deny yeah, that. and we'll we'll go a little deeper yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. I think I it's important. To, yeah, it's really important to note that the Gospels and even references in First Corinthians chapter fifteen with uh, the Apostle Paul mentioning the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. they come. I think that reference in Corinthians is only twenty years after the fact. Yeah, and so all these things were written with eyewitnesses still alive. So yeah. there's not enough time for mythology to develop. Well, he basically says, "Hey." Check it out. Like, yeah, go talk you know, to the people. They, the were people there. they were there. Yeah, right they, right. they like saw him walking around. Yeah. Uh, and so these gospels, the fact that they're written so close to the actual events, there's not right. enough time for mythology to one be created, but also to be taken seriously. And we're either. not just talking about a, a couple of people uh, afterwards. I mean, we're talking about 500 people uh, plus, and like just lots of people. Yeah, just different appearances. You know, in the days after his. Is uh, resurrection so? So before we get to, you know, if the resurrection is not real, then what theories do people provide? Like we call them counter theories, right? And there's five of them. It's very important we really agree on four facts. One, Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Jesus was buried. Jesus was raised from the dead. And lastly, early Christians were totally different. Yeah. You know, Jesus followers were radically changed afterwards, and you we cannot deny that. Right. And so it's very important to see how Christianity was formed and started. That is a very real thing. We have to rest on those facts. And so if someone's going to provide a countervailing theory, they must first deal with these facts. Mm-hmm. They must say, no, Jesus didn't die on the cross, or no, he didn't rise from the dead, no, he wasn't buried, or he was buried, but it wasn't him. And so we'll look at these theories and how they deal with these assumptions that we make as as Christians. And so the first one, the first countervailing theory that is probably the earliest and most popular is a stolen body theory. Matt, unpack that for yeah, us. Yeah, someone someone broke into the tomb and, and stole Jesus' body and, and hid it, and uh, then came and said, oh, he's gone, he's, he's resurrected just like he said he was, and they could never find the body. Like, that's... What's the strength of that, that theory? The strength of that theory? The strength of the theory. There's some pros and cons to each of these. Oh, then give me your pros, because I, I think that's... I don't see strengths in that theory <laughs> well, it at makes, all. The, the body is gone. So it solves the problem of what happened to the body, right? So if someone stole okay. it, at least it, it solves that problem. Now, it's kind of shallow, but um, on the surface, hey, there's no body. Yeah. Then you can say, hey, he rose from the dead. Right, yeah, but they would have uh, they would have found the body. Like, I mean, they as eager as they were to kill him, the the Jewish leaders, the Romans would have found that body. I mean, there's no way that they would. have. Oh yeah, and I agree with you on that. Yeah. So, what are the 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 cons? What are the weaknesses of this theory? There's a number of them. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> well no, done I mean, there. So, a, I mean, someone would have had to have come uh, while while Jesus' tomb was guarded by Roman soldiers. I mean, Roman soldiers. I mean, they were 
dedicated. I mean, they were ruthless. They were dedicated to their task. There's no way that somebody would have just, you know, managed to beat them up, move the stone away, and get in there and steal that body. There's just in no order way. for this to work, a conspiracy had to be started yeah. and kept alive, and for people to believe it. So one, the disciples had to steal the body, yeah, and they had to create a conspiracy that everyone who was in on it couldn't break from. Right. Right. And so the the more people that are in on a conspiracy, the harder it is to keep it alive, right? Yeah. That's sort of the general rule. Mm-hmm. You know, so when flat earther people say, hey, the earth is flat, it's not round, well, you have to assume that there's millions and millions of people in on this conspiracy that aren't breaking, mm-hmm. that aren't disposing of that information, and somehow that still has a lid on it. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. It's incredulous, right? And then on top of that, we have to assume the disciples were willing to die for a lie. Yeah. I mean, every single one of them died for their faith. Absolutely. So what motivation would they have to die for this idea that Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah. I mean, and we, some people will say, well, people die for a cause all the time. Well, you know, they die believing that that cause is true. But if the disciple think about the disciples, if they knew that Jesus was stolen or that he didn't he didn't really die, then why would they die for the lie? There's no motivation. Yeah. They gave up everything. They had nothing to gain from this. Right. Nothing. Right. At all. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really important to, to recognize that just the idea of the stolen body is just nuts. No one has the motivation for it. Yeah. There's no real motivation at all. The other kind of theory is the swoon theory. All right, so this sounds weird. What does it mean when we say the swoon theory about Jesus? That he wasn't really dead. That he didn't like he actually just, die on the cross. He fell, fell asleep or, you know, he was very injured, but, um, yeah, he didn't really die. Those Romans, they were not good at killing people. That's just ludicrous, right? That's like yeah. you had one job, yeah. right? One job was to make sure that they were perfectionists at oh, this, yeah. and they, excellent at it. It's one of the reasons why they thrust the spear in, into his heart, Yeah, you know, to make sure. So uh, the idea that Jesus swooned on the cross and then he was buried, but he was still like, "Well, I'm not dead yet." <laughs> you know? Yeah, but he was he was completely wrapped in linen, and, and you know, I mean, all that. So so he's not dead, and then you're going to wrap him, and then say that somehow he managed to. Oh, I'm better now. Okay, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> some people he was say- dead. There's some sort of hybrid versions of this theory that say he was not buried in the actual tomb. He was buried somewhere else in the Dead Sea or something. Mm-hmm. And Simon the magician nursed him back to health. Because yeah. one of the issues with this theory is, okay, so Jesus, who could barely carry his own cross after the whippings, yeah. you know, just swooned on the cross and they thought he was dead. And then he resuscitated on his own in the tomb. And somehow when he's seeing everybody three days later, he looks brand spanking new. Like, yeah. no. It's crazy town. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. so... Um, some people theorize that he was, you know, nursed back to health somewhere else and came back later, and the story got changed up or something, which okay. that's crazy too. So tell us about hallucination. Hallucination, hallucination theory. theory sort of posits: What if after Jesus died on the cross, Peter was out in the lake fishing and he saw Jesus walking on the water? Yeah. And hallucinated saw Jesus and realized, wow, what would Jesus want me to do now? He'd want me to carry on his ministry, and so they they carry on this idea that Jesus is alive to keep his ministry alive, to keep his teachings alive. And so they had this hallucination. The problem is, again, why would you die for a hallucination? Like, if you know that probably wasn't real. And Jesus didn't just appear to Peter. Like, he appeared to over 500 people. So did all 500 people hallucinate? Yeah. That's the issue, right? And again, you're saying, well, maybe they made up this number of people... Recognize these documents were written when these all these eyewitnesses were alive, and we have copies of these. Yeah, 
you know, so anyone could have easily refuted this information. Well, yeah, and and the fact that these Christians, I mean, they they were being tortured, killed for their faith. I mean, so this is if this is a hallucination, this is something that they would just make up. They had every opportunity to recant, but they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. The other theory is the he was never really ever buried. And this is one that no one takes really that seriously. There's like one book written over this. The idea that Jesus, since he was treated like a criminal, he wasn't actually buried in the tomb that the gospels say that he's buried in. He would have been just tossed in the field for the, the animals essentially to eat him. Hmm. And so he was, you know, never really buried and um, there was no body to begin with. And so yeah. people just said, oh, see, there's no body. See, he rose from the dead. Yeah. And just, no, that's, that's nuts. It is nuts. Now, the one that is the crazy thing, the, the theory I'm going to propose to you now is the one that actually is the most possible, but sounds totally nuts, okay? <laughs> the the theory, the counter theory that is the most believable, but also the most crazy, is the idea that Jesus had a twin brother. A twin brother. Okay? When Mary had her son, Jesus, she also had an identical twin at the same time. And they got separated at some point in their life. But when Jesus became famous, Jesus' identical twin brother idolized him and, and recognized his... Not his authority, but his just he admired him. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus died, he took care of the body, removed it, and then assumed Jesus' identity. So this solves several problems. One, it removes the body; it's gone. It's taking care of it. Jesus looks brand new, mm-hmm. right? It's him. He's physically walking around. Uh, but Matt, do you, what problems do you see with this? Uh, the fact that. You're going to fool all these men that shared life with you for three years. Ah. You know, so, you so you know all the same stories. You know all the things that that you've taught already. I mean, how, these are the men that have known you and his mom. And why would his mom ever? Why would his mom ever go along? She's going to know that mole is on the wrong side <laughs> out of his shoulder. Yeah. You know, like oh, I remember that kid. Yeah, he, you know. Yeah, mamas know. <laughs> Mama's no. So based on family and the disciples, I mean the the people that knew him best, there's just there's no way no that way. he could have fooled everybody. And then how did he how did he ascend to heaven? You know they they attested to that too that they saw him ascend into heaven. So it's true. How, I mean, yeah. This theory would posit that he just kind of ex you know exited from society. Yeah. You think this is the leader of your movement? You can't let him just leave, right? You know he's like the guy, right? That's dumb stuff. Super dumb. All right. So let's get into, like, yeah, let's get into the real stuff. All right. Five reasons to believe. So those are the countervailing theories. We want to give you some hard reasons for why, man, you can really take stake in this. So everything you've heard from now, not true. Not true. Dumb stuff. Okay. Am I allowed to say dumb? Uh, Sure. Okay. You're fine. (laughs) I got in trouble for saying He said the S word last time. Yeah. S-T-U-P-I-D, just yeah. for those who are yeah, right. <laughs> wondering. <laughs> I didn't say the one you're thinking. Oh, yes. S-T-U-P-I-D. Okay, yeah. let's get into the real stuff here. The truth. The truth of the, the resurrection. Five reasons to believe. So you start, dude. First one would be the tomb is empty. The yeah. empty tomb. Jesus was buried. We need to rest on this fact, the fact that it was missing. Here's the thing. If Jesus had not risen from the tomb, if he actually was in the tomb, his body was still there, yeah. His followers would have venerated it, yeah. right? And that was a common practice in the time. If Jesus was still in the tomb, his followers would have come back there to venerate it, to to recognize Jesus as was common practice at the time, or other different followers of other religions as well. This is what people would have done. Um, the fact that, the like you said earlier, the guards guarding it um, basically 
you know, their lives are at stake doing their job. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a Roman centurion, uh, if if you didn't do your job, I mean, you're executed. There's no way around that. So they they had to do what they were supposed to do. Okay. What's the other thing that we can really, really put our stake in? You've mentioned this quite a bit, too. Well, the uh, just the fact that um, you talk about all these different places where religious leaders like Buddha have have been buried, and and people will still uh, go to those places, and they'll still honor those places. But you, you know, you go to go to Israel, and yeah. uh, the tomb is empty. I yep. mean, do people go there? Yeah, I mean, I, I've but, been hey, there. Cool, but it was... I've been there. I've seen the Garden Tomb. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. But there's a, there's no one there to leave flowers for because Jesus is out of that tomb. He is gone. It is empty. Yep. So let's move on to the next one, eyewitness accounts. This is a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Love this one. Um, and you mentioned 500 people. Yeah. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 15, 6. Yep. Paul talks about that. Um, 500 people that are still, they're still living. Like you can go still, I mean, not now, but when Paul wrote this, that these people were still living, go ask them yourself. You yeah. mentioned it's that. It's daring them. Like, I dare you. You yeah. go talk to them <laughs> and you challenge them and ask them. You just, you sound like the, um, yeah. the ID10T. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, so eyewitnesses, we have great accounts for that. And again, if if this if the idea of Jesus being resurrected from the dead was held in the courtroom trial, mm-hmm. whether this is believable or not, what do you do when you hold a, a courtroom trial? You bring in eyewitnesses, right? And you say, is this eyewitness credible? Yeah. Are they not credible? And then if the eyewitnesses are credible, then it gives credence to their testimony and the accounts of which they're talking about. Sure. And in some cases, you only need one eyewitness, you know, but in this one, you had 500. Hundreds. So. And then, um, and yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. The third one here, this is huge. Yeah. The transformation of the disciples. Absolutely. Unpack that for us, man. Yeah. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, these disciples weren't just, um, they they had been changed. Like once we've got to remember what happened when Jesus died. Uh, remember that everyone fled, everyone abandoned him. Even Peter, who was the closest to him, even Peter denied him three times. And so yeah. John, John is the only one that was there uh, at the cross when Jesus died. And so now all of a sudden, just a couple of days later, now you've got all these guys who fled, who are now emboldened and sharing about their encounters with the risen Jesus. What a contrast, so, yeah. right? You think about them just cowering and hiding behind locked doors and Jesus shows up and like, what? Yeah. You know? They, they didn't just get together and say, okay, guys, we need to not be not be sad and dejected anymore. We need to act like... I mean, no, they had been changed. Yeah. And, and from that, they went out from there and they began to take the gospel. Once Jesus commissioned them, they took the gospel into the world. And as we just shared, uh, almost all of them, with the exception of John, who was exiled. And they tried to, they, by church tradition, they tried to kill John. Yeah. They, they tried did. to boil him alive. <laughs> they did. And uh, it didn't work. Yeah. Right. And so all of these disciples now went to their death, knowing and believing that Jesus uh, had resurrected and uh, they were willing to die for it. And their their change in their life is documented. Yeah, you know their their exploits, so to speak, are yeah. documented. We have documents. This stuff isn't just made up right. about their behavior. This is well documented, recognized history, even by secular scholars. Absolutely, and it's important to recognize that. The next one is really interesting. Um, the the testimony, testimony of women. Yeah, the testimony of women. Why is this significant? Well, because women uh, weren't regarded as first class citizens back then. Which is yeah. really crazy to say. Like, if yeah. this was being held in trial, women weren't even allowed to be considered va- like valid um, 
witnesses in a, right. in a trial. But he appeared to them first, which is crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. and people say the Bible is backwards. Come on, <laughs> eat your words. Jesus appeared to women first. Take that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the Bible is I want, to, I want to say progressive, but I'm scared to say that. Don't but say it. Don't say it, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bible's not progressive in the sense of political stuff, but it is it is game-changing. Let's put it right. that way. It will not let social norms dictate it God's plan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you can see it throughout the Scripture, right? right. You know, upending uh, primatura. Uh, I'm probably misspelling the, the Latin for that. You know, the idea of the firstborn gets everything with Jacob, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Consistently, God confronts those things. Anyway, and he does this with the testimony of women. Mm-hmm. So why, Matt, would the Gospels include this in their account for w- that Jesus actually rose from the dead? Well, because, again, to, to add credibility to the fact that uh, this isn't just a, a bunch of men getting together and making this up. Like, this is... Jesus, Jesus was for everyone. Uh, you know, he he came and appeared to the women, came and appeared to the men, and um, yeah. if you were going to make it up, you wouldn't use women as your as your sources, right? Period. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. Yeah. And so the fact that they do, it's like, well, this is what happened. You know, <laughs> we, you know, we we wished maybe that it wasn't them, but yeah. for more credence at the time. But this is this is this is the deal. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna make it up, then you you wouldn't you wouldn't do it how Jesus did. And so I, I I love it. I love just continues to show that Jesus is awesome. Yeah. And the last one is something we've touched on a little bit is the growth of the church. Yeah. You know, and I would argue a little bit that you know someone could say, okay, look at um, Islam. It grew exponentially, right? Mm-hmm. I think starting like the 400, 580, mm-hmm. um, just just grew, especially uh, later towards, um, I think, 980 or whatever. Uh, but it, and it was based on a lie, mm-hmm. right? The angel Gabriel appeared to Muhammad and said all this stuff. And uh, as Christians, we believe that those things are not true. Right. Uh, but these people were willing to die for it. What's the, what's the difference? And it spread rapidly. Right. How do we compare that to the spread of Christianity? What is the difference? Well, the big difference is persecution. I think that the mm-hmm. fact that, um, you know, after this, it wasn't just a bunch of people saying, hey, let's create a... Because... The, the Roman government basically cracked down on Christians. Yeah. And, I mean, they were they Especially were under Emperor Nero, man. Absolutely. Dude, he I would, mean, like, use, use them as, as Human lanterns. torches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, human torches. And so um, they had every reason to say, okay, okay, this isn't real. Um, but they didn't. They they went to their death. And you would think that that would kill the church. But And as we're seeing still today in countries all over the world where, where the church is being persecuted, it's exploding. The underground yeah. church is exploding. And um, it's it's just crazy to see how God does that um, because people people see this and say, wait a second, something's not right here. You know, if, yeah. the, if the government is cracking down on this, they're 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 threatened by this. But more than that, they realize that this is true and this is right. And Jesus was unlike any figure in history and any yeah. religious leader out there. There is something truly amazing and special. And a huge it. difference there too is Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, they they spread through conquering mm-hmm. essentially, right? Whereas Christianity, if you don't, you know, let's not talk about the Crusades, okay? Yeah. That was more defense. Um, but beforehand, in the early first couple hundred years, yeah. it spread through martyrdom. Yeah. You know, right. through people dying for the faith, the total opposite. It spread from people serving other people, from willing to be, you know, when there's a plague spreading, the Christians are the first people that go in and help right. and risk their lives to help those who are, yeah. you know, uh, suffering. And people just saw there was something different about yeah. these guys, and, and the, the Holy Spirit was 
working them and, and changing them and they were loving each other and um, amazing example for us. Actually, it's inspiring. Yeah, it is for sure. I have a resource I want to recommend. Um, if you're a part of our church, you are a subscriber to Right Now Media. Yeah. And uh, there is a there is a, a whole study called Why I Believe. It's by Chip Ingram. Hmm. Uh, but there is one in particular, Why I Believe in the Resurrection. And uh, it is it is awesome. I listened to it again this morning, but just as a, uh, it, it talks about a lot of what we've talked about, but uh, I would encourage you to go listen to that. I think we'll put a... We'll put a link to, put it, a link to it in it. the post on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. And if you are not necessarily a church member, but you feel connected to our church and you want to utilize Right Now Media, that link is available to join for free on our website, fbcpville.org, and find the Right Now Media slide, just kind of go through them. And if you click on that, it'll give you a login link uh, to to have access to all this content. Check it out. It's like 30, 20 to 30 minutes, uh, but it's a, a message you can watch or listen to. But um, it... it Kind of lays out um, how how special Jesus was, how special Christianity was, and um, it's it's really good. And if you feel like reading a book, Case for Christ or the Case for Case the Resurrection for Lee by Lee Strobel, yep. Or if you want to go real old school, uh, More Than a Carpenter. Oh yeah. By um, or uh, Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell. Evidence that demands a verdict is also. Yes, I mean that was, that's even that was the bigger. first one. Like that's even bigger. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're getting uh, really serious. Yeah, but more than a carpenter is a lot, a lot more bottom. Yeah, shelf more than carpenter. It's, yeah, it's not so. bottom shelf, as in like it's just it's an easy. Oh, read. I mean, like he takes it all and can Littles condenses it, it into yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's more compact, so you can like carry it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. Well, we need to close this out, and hopefully, this benefited you and encouraged you, and give your faith something solid to stand on as we celebrate Easter in about a week. Yep. So next week we will not do a podcast as we're going to be debuting a bunch of Holy Week devotionals and special music. And so we want the focus to be on that. It's going to be really cool. So look for that on all our church social media. Um, Matt, I think you prayed last time. Go for it, dude. So it's my turn. All right. Let's pray and close this out. Journey Father, we thank you that we can have confidence that not only did you die on the cross for our sins and give us a chance to experience forgiveness and be with you one day. You have risen from the dead. You have conquered death. You have shown us a new life. And not only can you conquer death, but you can conquer the death in our souls and resurrect us from the inside out and be more than our broken selves. God, we want to invite you into our lives, make you Lord and Savior, and allow you to dictate our choices because we ultimately know that is where joy is, that is where purpose is, that is where meaning is. And so this Easter, we're going to celebrate that. We thank you for giving us evidence that we can stand with our two feet and say, you are real. You are worthy. So we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Jinx, jinx, you owe me a cup, whatever. (laughs) Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Like the Facebook stuff. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hey, you can just listen to us and not have to look at our ugly mugs. I mean, think about what a, you know, ad that is, right? (laughs) Uh, As Matt likes to tease, a face made for radio. Yes. Um, It's all good. It's all good. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, man, hope you have a wonderful Easter. And uh, just remember, this is so Christmassy sounding, but remember the reason for the season. Reason for the season. uh, Remember it's all about you. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. That's it. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.